Ho, ho, ho. Nice cannonball, Santa. Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. Unless it's the reindeer. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host. With over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, it's undecided if he's on the naughty or nice list. <laughs> Edgar De Jesus and his co-hosts, JJ Flawless and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast. I am your host, Edgar DeJesus, and yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, famous Zach, the pool boy Nicholas. Today, we continue our conversation on setting goals, and this is part three of three. So I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, a podcast where it's all pool talk, and we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, Blu-ray XL, Aquastar Pool Products, Natural Chemistry, Raypack, and Heritage Pool Supply. We want to thank them for their continued support. Mr. Zach, you ready for Christmas, buddy? I am. And... It's a good time right now. We're closed all next week. So everyone's just today is the last push before the end of the year. And everyone's out there getting things done. I've got people here that we can either get out there and do some jobs at filter cleans and things like that. Or we can all rally around here, clean the warehouse, clean the chem room, organize, clean out storage. And so we've got some people working on that. And we're just trying to wrap things up before we kick off 2024. That's awesome. Mr. Flawless, I heard the, I was going into the intro and then boom, your little alert that you entered the podcast came on after you were gone and it just threw me there for a loop. How you doing? I'm doing all right. After that call that you got, we were ready to go live and... I know it was a little bit of a curveball that was thrown this morning, but hopefully we have it taken care of. But that's the joy of being a small business owner, right? You just never know what happens. You get a phone call at seven o'clock in the morning from a customer saying that Apparently, there's a very large leak coming from their backyard, and they don't know what it's from. But what tripped me out is, one, it's raining really hard. And at least for us, it's raining really hard. And streets are like pandemonium over here. But he said he got a letter in the mail from the association, which is weird. So there was a leak, and it's been leaking, obviously, if they saw the leak. And then they had took the time to write a letter and then send it to the client. And it's a second home. He's not there. And he says, apparently you have a large, a very large leak coming from your backyard. And we were there on Monday to service and it was fine, right? There's nothing. So it must've happened after Monday or so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So there's four days worth of leaking that could have happened. And if it's leaking that bad, who knows? I have no idea. Mom is not feeling very well today. So I couldn't send her out there. But anyways, I got Fabian to go over there. And he's going to be calling me shortly to tell me what the hell's going on. And right now, my mind is just like trying to figure out what it could possibly. I have no idea what it could possibly be, right? Yeah, it could be a sprinkler, for God's sakes. Yeah, and this is a massive pool. It's a big pool. And if this pool's been dumping, it's going to be quite the mess. And then it's absolutely pouring. So who knows what the hell's going on in that backyard? But I'm waiting. So if I 
all of a sudden turn my mic off and my video off. It's because I got a call and I have to step away for a minute just to answer it. And then as soon as I find out what it is, I'll let you guys know, and then we'll go from there. But I'm pretty sure it's not that big of a deal. I'm pretty sure it's not that big of a deal. I would imagine whatever dipshit saw the water that was coming from there. He's all, yeah, we tried knocking on the door, but nobody answered. Seemed like you weren't there in the letter. It was that bad. You think they would have just walked into the backyard and done something, especially in this type of, you know, and turned the breaker off. Or if the gardener was there that week, in the middle of the week, something would have happened with him. So I'm sure it's a little bit of an overreaction, but who knows? Now we got to stretch this podcast out. We wait till John gets the call. Yeah. Well, no, I, I should know shortly. I should hopefully know within the next like 15 minutes, I imagine I'm going to get a phone call. But I've also getting messages from my guy saying, hey, the roads are flooded and there's like... R-A-I-N. R-A-I-N, right? Rain. And what is this stuff, right? Is it the end of the world? What do we do? He's like, should we call it a day? And I go, oh, we usually would. I go, but you just need a chem. And, Especially because you're off next week. Yeah, we're off next week. I told him, I go, you got to check baskets, chem them, and see you later. You're not going to sit there and vacuum and brush and do all that. And then we have another pool that we have to go drain down a little bit which of course, autofill went bad, shut it off, put a new float in. And then it was a little high, maybe a couple inches from the coping, but we're like, no big deal. He has it heated all the time, like 90 degrees. It's going to evaporate really quickly. And it started to evaporate. But of course, we got this rain out of nowhere. And I know this pool is overflowing. And again, this is another like $5 million home right in this backyard. And it is absolutely like totally infinity edge, zero edge pool. It looks like right now, I'm sure it looks really beautiful, <laughs> but we have to go over there and drain that bad boy down. And I'm like, other than that, that's it. And then we're off on vacation, man. And we got nothing else to do. I'm excited about Christmas. Looking forward to it. The kids are all pumped. This year we did things a little bit different. Usually we pull things on Christmas Eve and throw everything underneath the tree. But this year I wanted to do everything sooner than that. And it's just fun to see the kids every time they walk by, shake a present when they're all excited for it. It's going to be pretty cool. So all the presents are already under the tree? Almost all of them are already out there. But yeah, I'm like, every time I look, I'm like, damn, how much money do we spend this year? It's like crazy. We got a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people. We got seven folks that have uh, presents under there. So it's pretty gnarly. Seven folks with expensive tastes. Yeah, for sure. Right. And that the crazy part. But that's what happened, Zach. So Zach, when are you having your next baby? <laughs> the laugh. Is that a no? Yeah. Are you done? I'm good. Let me rephrase the question. Is Leslie done? Because that's what's important, right? It's not what you want. I don't think Leslie will ever be done in her mind. <laughs> if it's not a baby, it will manifest itself in the form of some sort of animal being that ends up in my house. Or at some point, I'll probably have parrots in there and six dogs and four cats. And a goat, a elephant. Goat. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, good morning, everybody that's listening out there. I hope everybody's having a great day getting ready for Christmas. It's raining out here in Texas as well. It rained yesterday. It's supposed to rain today and tomorrow. Jaden's out working with Justin this week. He's been coming home soaked and drenched every day, but they're trying to get through all those pools. Jeanette, good morning. Big shout out to you there. I hope you're staying dry. Mr. Benny Romero, morning to the two beards and the hairless. Nice, Benny. Nice. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to all of you from Jeanette, Janie. Good morning, Alyssa. Good morning all the way out from El Paso, Texas. And then, by the way, John, Janie just sent you this message. So if you want to look at the screen, you can read it. And she's telling you to stop 
shaking the table. <laughs> See, she wasn't there for the lighting. She wasn't there to hook up his podcast stuff. And then now from the sideline, she's having to tell him, hey, stop shaking the table. <laughs> hey, big shout out to Eric, which is on here. Eric, a good morning. Hope you have a great Christmas out there as well. Looking forward to it. Anyways, it's been a little bit of a crazy morning for us, right? We were on the podcast. We were ready to go. I was ready to press record. And then all of a sudden, John goes, wait, stop. And so we had to stop. And then it's going to be me and Zach. And then, John, you left. And I was going to press play. And Zach goes, hey, can you hold on for just a minute? So today looks like it's the day of all the calls when it should be everybody relaxed, getting ready for Christmas. You're right. And today's the day that it's a little chaotic with everybody. But when is that ever the case, right before a break or a holiday? That's true. That's true. There's always something. It is what it is. You roll with it, right? Yeah, it's all good. John, you'll have to keep us updated as soon as you get what it is. You, you'll have to interrupt us and tell us because now we're dying to find out what it is. I'm sure it's just a friggin' sprinkler, dude. I'm sure it's just a sprinkler. Something really dumb, but we'll see. Now, I do have to tell you, I had my neighbor, the one next to it, they went out of town. And my neighbor, Brett and Jen, were helping them watch the dog and stuff like that. And then they left to go out to lunch or dinner, whatever it was. And then all of a sudden in the front yard, I see just this big, huge water spewing. And so I'm like, holy crap. And it was a lot. And so I had to call Brett, my neighbor, and I'm like, hey, just to let you know, I go, if you want, I'll turn off the water until we can figure it out. And so I go out and I turned off the meter, but it was right before the meter. So you couldn't turn off. There's a valve that goes through. So it was coming from the city. Yeah. I had to jump on the phone and call and then they had to change some type of valve that kind of goes through it and stuff like that. They came back and it was over a holiday weekend. So then they didn't get it finished up until one day after he was back. So they didn't have water for like a day. But it's one of those that you panic, man, when you see all that and it's just running and running. At least the only thing that I think of is I, I just think of my wallet right away. I'm like, I just see the money just flowing away from the water bill. Speaking of, I'm still in the pool game. You're still in the pool game? So did you fix that faucet? I fixed it after yeah. many hours of cussing and swearing, a few trips to Home Depot. And what happened is I had turned the water heater off during the repair because it was the hot water. And when I went to turn the water heater back on, it would not ignite. And it seems fairly flipping simple to ignite the thing. And I'm up there forever. So finally, I throw in the towel. I'm calling a service company. Leslie says, call these guys. I call them. They come out. And he uh, is 89 bucks to come out. And then he goes, it'll be $344 for me to diagnose it and then make sure it's working. And I'm like, what? I wasn't home. So I told Leslie, just no, we're not doing that. And this is a good one. I want to get your guys' take on this. But as he's leaving, he laughs and he says, tell your husband to watch more YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then Leslie went up there and clicked it like three times and ignited it. So I haven't heard the end of that. <laughs> oh, but isn't that the one thing we wish we could say, but we just refrain and he just went right with it. Kudos to him. Yeah, dude. Wow. Was he telling you this is an easy fix that you could turn it on or is he insulting? He was insulting. Well, yeah, I took the other way. I took it like. But he got his 89 bucks, right? Yeah, he got his 89 bucks. Which is cheap, by the See, way. Leslie took it as, oh, it's probably easy. And Justin, when I told him, immediately fell out of his chair laughing. So, 
See, I took it as if $380 was too much for you to pay for me to come out here and do this or figure it out and have your husband should watch more videos and learn how to do it himself instead of having to rely on us. Yeah. That's a lot of money to light up. Or I don't know. It's $89 to come out. So what did the $89 include? Just the trip? Just the trip. And I was like, so what's the problem? He's like, I haven't looked yet. That's $344. And I'm like, I don't think this is right. 344 bucks. And you turned my gas valve off too in the attic. Let's take it somewhere else, right? Now for me, I don't know. 388 is good money. Maybe I should reevaluate my fees. Our business model, right? <laughs> I know our service call usually is it's 125 bucks for us to go out and do a service call. If I'm going out to do a service call or diagnose a heater, I, it's 199 immediately. If I'm going out there to do a heater and to diagnose it, that's what I charge to fix a heater or at least to go out there, plus parts. And then if we need to do some crazy things to it, then we do some crazy things to it, whatever needs to happen. But I don't know if it's whether the gas valve is off or on. I don't know if they just have the temp set too low. I don't know what it is, but I would tell a customer and say, oh, for us to come out, diagnose a heater and get it running or whatever, diagnose a heater and figure out what's wrong with it. It's 199 for a service call. Would you like to come out? And then if they say, yeah, we go out there and that's what we charge. And sometimes if it is something that simple, I don't necessarily charge the 199 because it's all right, it's just a service call, 125, us coming out here doing what we're doing. But I can get it to a certain extent. As a company, you go, hey, look, you go out there, this is what the trip charge is. There's a lot of companies that do it. Leslie's does it. There's a trip charge and a service call. So they charge a trip charge to go out to a home. And then when it comes down to doing whatever service call, whatever their charges, I don't know, I can't remember exactly, but they also do a service call on top of it. If you have a company and you have multiple employees, right? If these are the guidelines and this is what you need them to do, go, hey, look, this is what it costs for you to go out and diagnose a heater. If you get a heater call and you send a technician out there, it's gonna be 199. At what point is it really his fault when it was only that? I don't know. But I think it's more of setting the expectation with the customer. Oh, they should have completely been clear at the beginning. Yeah. Because no one said anything about that. That's what we do at first. And we've learned like, hey, look, we don't just go out there and say, ta-da, it's 400 bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah, Without, exactly. When I already knew it was going to cost $400 for me just to walk into the backyard, right? Yeah, you don't do that. You need to be very upfront. To me, they said $89. So I thought that was their, not a trip charge, but just to come out and tell you what's wrong with it. Yeah. But- I mean, for them to go $89, oh, and to diagnose it's $344. I mean, you're talking about $430 already just to tell you what's wrong with it. I mean, that to me, and I don't know, maybe he listened to our podcast and he put all his expenses together and he figured out, hey, our service call needs to be at $433 and, and that's what it is. But I think it's exactly what you're talking about. It's about setting the expectation. Yeah, for sure. It's an $89 trip charge. And when we get there, it's $344 for the service call. And at the end then, of the day, I paid 89 bucks for my wife to prove me wrong. And then... I did not live it down. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Oh, that's crazy. So Brian is saying your doctor charges a copay before they see you. So should you, just my two cents. So yeah, but those are fixed, right? Because you have an insurance, so it's a fixed price. And they have a cap of what they can charge. So like an example, my physical therapy they have a rate, but they also have a negotiated rate with the insurance and they cap it. So they can't charge me more than $65 for my physical therapy session. But yeah, it's one of those of set the expectations so that when you get here, I know 
how much, because here's the thing, Zach, if they would have told you from the beginning, it's going to be $433 to tell you what's wrong with it, you probably would have called a couple other places. Yeah. And I would have definitely clicked that igniter a few more times. <laughs> I do have to say, I have my fireplace that is gas and it's not coming on. So I better go click that igniter a couple more times before I got to pay to have them come and do it. So anyways, Mr. Brian Croissant, big shout out to you out there. Scott Reynolds, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas to you, Scott, as well. Thanks for every jumping on. So, hey, let's get through some points here. And John is managing the call. So I'm really interested to find out what's going on with that situation. So we'll wait here. But let's get through some of our housekeeping notes here. And that is March 1st and 2nd. We are going to be at the Heritage Pool Supply in McKinney, Texas at their headquarters. And we are going to be doing a boot camp on the first and the second. We're going to be doing two different boot camps within one. We're going to have the industry classes with the water chemistry, borate, salt systems, all that fun stuff. And then we're going to be doing the hands-on for everybody, the ones that we've been doing. So we're going to do automation, heaters, what else, Zach? Pumps. We're going to be doing salt systems. We might add a couple more. We're, we're trying to work that out. And then the other thing that we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing the business side classes. So we'll have kind of two boot camps in one. You'll be able to take a couple different classes for that. The first one will be navigating success, lessons and insights in a pool service entrepreneurship. And that is going to be... Eugene Lockman, which is the owner of Prestige Pool and Patio out here, he has grown his business to a thousand service accounts. He also builds, has a show floor out here in the Dallas area. And what he's going to do is he's going to talk about his journey. He's going to talk about what are the pillars, what are the fundamentals that you need to have in place as you scale your business. And he'll share some of his journey and some of the mistakes that he's made and some of the things that he's had to put in place. So that's going to be a great class to start. The next one is going to be a recruitment 101, understanding the hiring process. And this is going to be a 101 class. And really, there's a technique to interviewing. And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of the things that you should look at, right? When you grab an, an application, what are the things that you need to look at? The positions that you're looking to fill, maybe what are some of the skill sets that you need to have in order to have that person in there and through the interview process, how to figure those things out. We'll also be talking about building your future, goal-setting fundamentals, and we're doing a three-part series podcast right now on that. And by March 1st, we're going to have a software. We're going to do a class where we talk about the SMART goals, and basically, by the end of the class, you'll be able to use this software. You'll be able to set some goals, set some steps, and know how to make them measurable and all that kind of fun stuff. And then the other class that we're going to do is an influence and persuasion class. And I'm really thrilled to have this class on the schedule. And it's really doing a deep dive into the different ways that you can influence, the different ways that you could persuade. And that could be whether it's your customers, your employees. It goes through the six steps of persuasion. It goes through the different steps of influence. And for example, some of them for influence, it could be that you are the boss, right? You're an authority, so you have influence over people. Over that, it could be that you're an expert in a field. It could be that you're likable. So it goes through every single one of them and breaks them down to give you that skill set in order to be able to use that and increase that communication. From there, at the end of this class as well, you will talk about one of the areas that you're strong at, one of the areas that you're weak at, and what they do is they put a plan together. You put a goal on one of them so that you can go back and put that into play into your business or 
any area of business that you want to use it for. So we're excited about that. That is going to be March 1st and 2nd at the Heritage Pool Supply Headquarters in McKinney, Texas. We'll be opening up registration soon, so we'll let you guys know about that. The next one is March 26th and 27th at the Western Pool and Spa Show in Long Beach, California. Eric's on here. We were talking yesterday and getting ready for that, and we're super pumped about that boot camp. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing two days prior to the Western Show, kind of a pre-show boot camp that we're going to be doing out there. And then we roll right into the Western Pool and Spa show. So Zach, be ready because that's going to be like five days of boot camps and Pool Nation stuff out in Long Beach, California. We will talk about that registration here shortly. They'll be opening that as well. So we'll be able to do that. Then May 17th, we're going to be doing a specialized heater boot camp 201 at Ray Pack headquarters out in Oxnard, California. And this one is a little bit different than what we've done. It's going to be our first 201 series. And basically what we're going to do at that headquarters is it's a continuation of the 101. You go into the 201 and they have this room that is super cool. And so what they're able to do is they have all these heaters hooked up and they're running, they're working, they're circulating water and firing up and doing all that. They can actually trigger whatever error they want to trigger. For example, Zach can get in front of a heater and they can trip a temp sensor and Zach has to go through and troubleshoot it. There's a class part to it where you actually go through all the process of the repair, and then we move into that room, and then that's when everybody gets the hands-on part where everybody will be able to be able to try to fix those heaters. But great phenomenal class, and we're excited to get out to their training facility. It's top-notch. It's great-looking space. They've done a great job with it. And then November, which I just found out, I was saying, Zach, November 15th, 16th and 17th for the pool and spa expo and I, I had it all wrong so i gotta correct those dates it's actually the friday saturday sunday before so i'll have to check on those exact dates but that week in november we're going to be out at the psp expo in dallas we're going to be doing a three-day boot camp we're going to do business we're going to do hands-on we're going to do industry classes and then we're also going to have a retail side boot camp that we're excited to introduce there that's going to be in dallas and so stay tuned. We'll talk about that. We also have a couple of things that work in the works for that show that we'll talk about later. We'll have a financial business class here coming soon in February and then some PCTI classes with our friend JJ Flawless, which is still out here waiting. So we're waiting for John to jump back on and tell us what the issue was. <laughs> you exhausted me after all that. Was that too much? I'm amped. We got a week to relax, right? <laughs> and then it's back to it. Back to it. And I need to figure out how to get Justin to Raypack. Justin to Raypack. Yeah, definitely. That'll be a good class. That'll be fun. All right. So the week before, Zach, we started a conversation with regards to setting goals. In the first podcast that we did, we talked about the reasons why setting goals is so important into your business. And setting goals has to go hand in hand with your strategy. And whenever you do something from a strategy standpoint, it's really important that you set the goals. And Zach, I'm going to use this as a reference because I thought it was really interesting. When you do things, you have to do it with a strategy in mind. And so somebody came to me and said, we were talking about business strategy and we're trying to come up with ways that we can explain to people what a strategy is, but how to make it a little bit easier to understand that there has to be a thought process to everything that you're doing and there has to be a goal, right? And then what's more important is 
you have to have key people in the positions that you have in order to be able to achieve that. And so here's the interesting conversation. And the conversation took a little bit of a laugh because they came and they said, hey, I want you to think about strategy this way. If you were to rob a bank, right? Who would be the six people that you would have? So they're like, we're going to give you six key people and you're going to tell us why. And so I had no idea where they were going with this. I was just like confused. I'm like, wait, we're talking business strategy, but you're over here talking about robbing a bank. And then it all made sense. They said, we really want you. This is not a joke. We really want you to think about this. We really want you to think about those six people. If you're going to, they're like, we're not telling you to go rob a bank. That's not what we're telling you. But there's a strategy behind everything that you do. And so I started thinking about it. And I don't want to spill my tea right off the bat. Let's do a little practice. So if I told you, Zach, if you were going to rob a bank, who would be the six people that you would have? And I'm not saying that you're going to rob a bank because I know you wouldn't. Neither would I, but. Definitely Justin. Okay. He'd be the driver. That's 100% sure. He'd be the driver. Okay. Okay. Perfect. I think you'd be the brains. Oh, crap. Okay. John would be the motivator. The right? motivator. He'd okay. Be pushing it. He'd be pushing it and commanding the whole thing. Uh-huh. Leslie would be the one that's right at the end of it all. So whatever she says we need to do or not do. Okay. Okay. So she's the one kind of keeping us in line into what we're going to do, what we're not going to do. So that's actually five because you have to include yourself. So you got one more person. Oh my gosh. One more person. My buddy Glenn, because he's just, he's in it to win it no matter what we do. He's in it to win it no matter what. It was interesting because I did the same thing, but they were like, I want you to think about this for a second. And you did the exact same thing is I put you under pressure, but you probably would change some people, but you strategically thought who would be the right people for the right positions. So first of all, you're like, if I'm going to have a strategy, if I'm going to rob a bank, I need a getaway driver, right? I'm going to need a motivator. I'm going to need that person that's going to keep us in check. That's going to say, hey, if you each get a million dollars at the end of it, that's all we get. And we go our ways, right? And somebody that's managing that process of it. And so it was really interesting to me because it was like, it totally applies from a strategy standpoint. And a lot of times what happens in our businesses is we bring people in, but we don't even think about the position strategically of where we're going to put them. And that like totally made sense to me from a strategy standpoint of, oh my God, that's great. And then they moved on to, you're having a conversation about these goals. As you guys move on through that, you have to set goals, right? And you have to set agreements. And just like you were saying with Leslie, if the loot was X amount of money, here's what each one of you gets, here's how you're going to spend it. Then the question was like, why don't we think about that automatically for business? Why don't we look at our pieces of business and strategically say, I need to bring somebody on that's financially strong, that's going to be able to keep us on this and this, right? I need somebody that's going to be able to focus on customer service. And that person has to be, right? So you're talking about John as a motivator. So you're going to have to bring a manager in that's good at motivating and building that business culture. And so... I love the analogy because I did the same thing. So to me, my six people were uh, obviously myself, right? And then I had you. And the reason that I had you, Zach, is because I know that anything that we put into place, you were going to dissect it, right? From a business standpoint and try to make sure that everything made sense. 
obviously I had John on there and I'll be honest with you, John is because I know that John is all in, right? And if we're going to go, we're going to go all in, but John is my numbers guy. I'm going to be able to get into that bank and John's going to be able to look at that, do the math right away and figure out where it is and what direction we should go in. And so John, it was really funny because we're talking about this, but it made total sense. Like you're thinking strategically about putting all these key people in place. But when we get into business, we don't do that a lot. Like we go to hire people and we're not looking at the position and going, I need somebody that's going to be a manager. And our biggest flaw is that we need to build our team. We need to build our culture. And what we do is we just get a body and put them in there instead of going strategically. I need this guy to be my motivator. I need to be my go-to person. Let's take it even further. And I just jumped into this, but I'm like, as soon as I heard what you were talking about, I'm like, oh my God, here I go. I want to bring up this point. This is perfect. It's not only are we putting people in where we need them? More importantly, if we dig a little bit deeper, and I talked about this before in length in a podcast a year or two ago, but it's not that you put them there because you need them there. You put them there because they're best suited for that position. And you wouldn't pick, let's say me, I'm a terrible driver or whatever. If I was a terrible driver, I wouldn't be the getaway driver, right? Because that would set us up for failure. It wouldn't put us in the best position to succeed. And what I'm getting at is a strength-based organization, right? The SBO. When I said, when you hire people or when you have anybody who works for you, what you need to do is you need to find out what makes them tick and what they're great at. And instead of focusing on their inabilities to do something or the things that they don't like to do, or they're not good at and beating them up on it and trying to get them to be better at it, that doesn't work. That just demotivates people. It makes them not want to do it because we naturally gravitate towards the things that we enjoy doing. And if we can somehow tie in what we like to do with work, then that's a recipe for success. So we urge people, we say, hey, look, if this person sucks at talking to customers, don't beat them up and make them have to be a wonderful, personable person who can break down walls and become best friends with anybody. That doesn't work that way. Edgar, that is your strength, right? You are amazing at that. And you can go up to anybody at any moment, at any time, and then be able to talk to them and walk away as if you guys have been best friends for the last 10 years. And that's how you make people feel. You make them feel comfortable and you have no problem talking to people. That is your gift. If you were to work for me, I wouldn't stick you in a warehouse stocking boxes or doing inventory. Are you good enough to do it? Absolutely. Are you smart enough to do it? Absolutely. Would you do a good job at it? Yeah, but would you love it? No. And eventually you'd be like, dude, this is not my gig and I'm going to be looking for something else. But if we put you in charge of, let's say, customer experience, or if we put you in charge of something that you love to do, then that would be something that, hey, I enjoy doing this. So I enjoy coming into work and now I'm being utilized to the best of my ability. So I've always, like I said, and I'm urging again, when you guys bring people on, find out what they're great at. Don't neglect or don't pretend like whatever their weaknesses don't exist, right? Understand them and embrace them, but don't beat them up over it. And if you can utilize what they do well in enough and then put them in a position to where you can minimize the things that they hate doing, you're going to you're going to create an environment where the morale is going to be through the roof and people are going to love to work for you and do what they're doing. 
and you like you quit on that you minimize that bitching and the moaning right yeah. or the people dreading to come into work the sick calls right the people that can't wait to go home that are sitting in the corner or whatever it may be you just create an environment that you set everybody up to succeed and it's a pretty wonderful thing actually yeah that exercise right there is exactly it and if you can run through that you'd be pretty perfect i want to jump in too and that's why the interviewing and all of that is so important, right? Because you don't want to just bring people in and then try to figure out, okay, your strengths are this, your weaknesses are that. So I'm going to put you here and there. You need to understand what the role requires. And then when you're doing your interviewing, when you're digging into and trying to figure out what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, you're trying to identify if they're going to be successful at that role. And I think a lot of people get in that rush of we need someone in the seat, we need someone here. And then they're trying to figure that out after the fact, and when you find out that maybe they're not so great or some of their weaknesses are what you actually need in that role, then you're stuck trying to battle that or stuck trying to correct them because that is the role that they were hired for. Maybe you don't have a role that they would be stronger at. And I think another piece of this is understanding more about yourself. And this was something that was super enlightening to me. I've taken some personality assessments, some working personality assessments. And at first I quarreled with them and I was like, you know what? I don't think these are accurate, but I knew now what these are saying. And as time went on and I started to see real world examples or scenarios of where I'm learning more about myself and maybe this is the fact, that's when you start to be able to understand, maybe I'm not as good at this part of the business as I thought I was. And maybe I'm better at this part of the business that I'm not giving myself enough credit for and then you can start planning that strategy of what person or what type of person you can bring on or you can put in that role to really kick butt at it and take that off you and do a better job than you can do at it, therefore bringing the organization up and pushing it forward. Yeah. But I thought it was a great example and I thought it was a great thing to get people to think outside that box, right? That there has to be a strategy, there has to be, and it goes hand in hand with the goals, right? So as you're going through that process, what are the goals that you're going to have in place? And so Paula Benedetti is on here. Big shout out to you. He was joking around going, what about the getaway driver? And so through the process, it's like you have to set goals. You have to have plans, right? But what if you get yourself into a situation where you are where you need a getaway driver, who that's going to be? For me, by the way, it was going to be Janie because she has sexy Rexy, which can fly. So I figured that out. And then I thought to myself, Zach, shoot, what if we need a pilot? What if we need to take? So my thought right off the bat was Eugene. And then I know that Olaf flies. So to me, it was like those would be part of the team. So what I'm trying to get at here with everybody is as you're going into setting goals, everything has to have a strategy. So you have to have an idea of where you're going and what your ultimate goal is for your business. And then strategically start to think about who are the key players that you're going to put in your business in order for you to be able to accomplish what your ultimate goal is. And that kind of led into obviously the setting of the goals. And some of the goals were obviously like the dividing of the money and how evenly it was going to be. And, and here's the target and there's no negotiating with that. And here's the steps of how we're going to do that. And that would be a goal to that. I just thought it was a great analogy. It made me think a little bit different and been a fun format to think, wow, like we really need to think strategically a lot of time with our businesses. And now we're flagged in the government. I think I saw 10 viewers just jump on and 
There's a van just pulled up outside. <laughs> <laughs> they'll look at me and they'll be like, oh, he ain't doing nothing. Now you and John with those beards, that's a whole different animal <laughs> altogether. So anyways, when we come back from the word from our sponsors, which we're going to take now, we're going to jump into some of the areas that we didn't get to talk about in the last two podcasts. So stay tuned. When we come back, Zach, let's jump into some of those go sections. The Hyperpole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Natural Chemistry, a leader in specialty water care solutions for over 30 years, is proud to provide products that make pool service easier than ever before. Its unique enzyme formulations in Pro Series Pro Blend improve efficiency of your pool program while reducing frequency of filter cleaning and scum lines. Natural Chemistry is also well known for its wide variety of phosphate removal solutions that include a non-clouding formula in phosphory and extremely high range removal with Pro Series Foss Remove or Foss Free Max. Save time, save money, save work with Pro Series products. 
Stop sacrificing durability or efficiency with the help of Raypack's new Avia HD models that utilize NYTEC, their exclusive industry-first technology. NYTEC Heat Exchanger technology is Raypack's latest solution to superior strength and maximum efficiency when it comes to residential pool heating. With 900% more nickel compared to Cooper Nickel in critical surfaces, NYTEC creates an ideal surface to protect against scale formation and erosion without compromising on Avia's 84% thermal efficiency. Learn more at raypack.com slash NYTEC. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation live podcast. We're talking to Mr. Flawless, which I'm still dying to find out what's going on with that leak. So for those of you that have jumped in, just jumped in, we were ready to go live. John had to take a phone call. There was a big leak at a house, and they're trying to find out what it is. And so one of his guys went over to check it out. So he's got us on edge trying to figure out, right, Zach, what's going on? I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting. He came back on. He jumped. He started talking about the topic and then didn't tell us. So I think he's doing it on purpose. I think he's making us sit out till the end of the podcast. And then he'll come in right at the end and say what it was. You know what he's doing? He's probably strategizing going, how do I keep people's retention on the podcast? So that's they <laughs> stays through the whole thing. And they got it, the cliffhangers. Anyway, so Zach, let's continue the conversation. So last week, we talked a little bit about some of the areas where you should set goals for your business. And the week before that, we talked about some of the reasons why they were so important. So if you're at this stage, I really recommend go back, listen to those two podcasts. And this one just jumps into the next step. So I want to talk really quick. So we talked last week about revenue growth. We talked about cost reduction. We talked about customer satisfaction and retention. The next one that we need to talk about is, and I know John wanted to talk about it, was employee engagement and talent development. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave that one, Zach, until he jumps back on and then maybe we could talk about that. But I'll jump into the next one that I wanted to talk about, and that was market expansion. And that is setting goals for market expansion. You know what? I'm going to do a quick timeout here because John is back. I am. And I have the conclusion to the water saga. Dude, should we leave it as a cliffhanger and make everybody wait or no? No, I'm ready. Nobody wants to wait. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Spill it. Spill the tea. What was it? So it was in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. Yeah, it was in the pool. Pool's fine. Everything's doing well. Obviously, it's an irrigation leak, but it's impossible to find out right now because everything is flooded from the rains or wet. So we just turned off the rainbird, called up the customer. He was getting ready to pack up and leave Christmas because he was with his family and then go back to his house. Oh, wow. That's why I was like, eh, I need to hurry up and figure it out. And I called him up and I let him know, hey, it's obviously an irrigation leak. It's not your pool. Your pool has water. It's not overflowing or it's not empty. And so he was very thankful. Did you say that'll be $344? $388, yes. No, but it is 125 That's for sure. Yeah, so we dodged a bullet on that one. So that's cool. I didn't want to have to worry about fixing something over the holiday week, but all is good. Rainbird is off, uh, crisis of- Avoided. Yeah, so we're good to go. And th there's nobody in the house, right? No, there's nobody in the house. Yeah, they're out of town, all's good. But I did get, happened right after I was done with that, I got a FaceTime video from Fabian and he's at one of the pools and it's completely overflowing from the rain. And I have a feeling that Christmas is going to be a working Christmas week because I'm surprised I don't have like 50 different phone calls already. But if that pool flooded or overflowed, then there's going to be quite a few pools that have overflowed. But it's all right. How much rain are you getting? Is it a lot? Dude, a lot of rain in a very short period of time. And yeah? I'll tell you this, when we had our hurricane thing, this pool didn't overflow. This hurricane-ish, floodish flash flood that we had a few months ago, 
it didn't even get this bad. I don't know. That's crazy. I had a feeling it wasn't the pool. I had this weird feeling that was. Yeah, it's almost never the pool, but who knows? Yeah, good. And then worst case scenario, you could have gone down there for him and just turned off the water to the house. There's nobody there. Yeah, it's all right. We'll figure it out. Good, but you scored some points with him, right? Because you went down there, you checked it out, turned off the rain for him. Oh, we always do. Yeah, he calls me at seven o'clock in the morning. I know something's going on. They don't call unless obviously it's very important. And he's a very, he's an awesome customer. And he must be an awesome customer because I call John at 7 a.m. and he doesn't answer. Yeah, no, for sure, right? <laughs> You're not paying, right? He calls me up and he even told me, John, even if it is the pool or whatever, he's like, this is what he first led with. And this is how great it is. He's all, hey, John, sorry to call you before I get started. Was it this week or next week that you guys are off? And I go, that's next week. And he's like, oh, okay. He's like, I don't want to bother you on your vacation. He's all, but this is a situation. It's what I got. I got a letter. Got it. And he's all, even if it is the pool, when you go there, don't worry about it. Just shut the pool off and then worry about it once you get back from vacation. Those types of customers, you're like, no, I'm going to take care of it now. I'm not going to wait till after then. I'm going to do it now. We're going to take care of you. And then if it is an issue with the pool, I'm going to have it fixed before because he's coming down, I think, New Year's Eve or something. I was like, I'm not going to leave your pool half drained and all screwed up. Those are the types of people that make you want to do it for them. And what I talked about is a good little segue in what I was saying earlier, getting people to want to do things, right? I talked a little bit about it on the live and then a little bit about it right now. And it goes into what I think our next topic is, right? Which is employee engagement and talent development. And I spoke on this already (laughs) when I jumped in about the bank robbery scenario, but it literally goes hand in hand, right? Focusing on an employee satisfaction and skill development can improve productivity and innovation. Goals might include providing like more training opportunity, improving workplace culture, or introducing a more flexible working condition. And Exactly what I said. If you focus on an employee satisfaction, right? If you focus on what makes them happy or what they're good at and you apply their talents accordingly, you create employee engagement. And that is how you develop your talent opposed to trying to beat them up and figure out, hey, look, you're not great at this. And until you're the best ever at what you don't like to do, you're not going to go anywhere in this company or I'm going to make your life a living hell. That's not the mentality. That's a successful mentality for a business owner. What ends up happening, you get people to revolt and that's how you get a lot of high turnover. And we all know that turnover is very expensive. So it's in your best interest to do whatever you can without being overly giving to make your employees happy. I spoke about it on Wednesday and I want to touch a little bit more on it real quick about different types of leaders. There's a leader, there's a manager, and between those two, you have three different co-types or subtypes. You can either be a feared leader, you can be a loved leader, or you can be a respected leader. And I think everybody else should also feel the same if you want to be successful in developing your employees is to be neither a love leader or a feared leader. And the happy medium is somewhere in between. It's that respected leader. And what that means is when you're a feared leader, what happens is you get stuff done maybe immediately. You'll get people to do things because they're doing things in fear of their job or they fear that there's repercussions and they just do them literally out of fear because they need the job or whatever it may be, or they don't want to get punished. But what ends up happening is you get short-term benefits from that, or you'll get somebody to do it in the short term. But I promise you in the long run, they will start to resent you. And eventually they're going to find ways or look for ways to get out of doing it, right? Or to sabotage you, or they're going to be looking for another job because nobody wants to have the whip cracked on them 
24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's not the type of person that they want to work for. If on the other side of the spectrum, being a love leader, yeah, you might get people to want to do it because Zach, oh my God, or John, you're the coolest dude in the world. And oh, I can tell him anything. He's my buddy, buddy. He's my best friend. And oh, I got, I love working for him because, you know, if I need to do something or whatever, he's going to be there and he's going to take care of me no matter what. And then the time when you need to actually get down to business as a love leader sometimes, or you have to say no, or no, we can't do that. What ends up happening is that person or that employee turns around and goes, well, you don't like me anymore. Or what's wrong with John? He used to be so cool and he was okay with us doing this. And now all of a sudden he's being a prick or whatever it may be. And you'll get people that will do the same thing eventually. And they'll think that you were the problem and that you turned on them, right? Or you changed the game or the work environment for them. And it's not their fault. You changed the expectations. And that doesn't work in the long run. But being respected is finding a way to thread that needle and become a little bit of both. You want your employees to not be your best friend. You don't want your employees to fear you, but you want your employees to respect you. And that's not very easy especially when you have to deal with a lot of different types of personalities. It's not cut and dry when it comes down to human emotions and what makes one person tick pisses off another person and vice versa. Finding that happy medium of being a respected leader will definitely increase employee engagement and will help you drive talent building. I think that is the foundation of any successful business. You're only as good as the people that work for you. And when people work, they don't necessarily work for a company. They work for their direct manager and whoever that may be, or wherever that supervisor is, if they're not very in tune with this type of programming, then you're going to find yourself running through a lot of employees or having high turnover rates and having a difficult time keeping employee morale and satisfaction up in your company. Agree. You're going to have to set some goals around those, right? You're really going to have to set some goals in order to be able to achieve that employee engagement and be able to keep track of it. There's a lot of things that companies do. They do anonymous surveys, they do all that kind of stuff in order to be able to get a good feel of where they're at and then be able to put action plans in place. And I think I shared recently a meme with regards to a boss walking into the room and going after they get the anonymous employee survey of the morale and all that kind of stuff. And the boss going, I want everybody in my office. And they go, who? And he goes, everybody, you know. But you got to set goals around that because it's one of the most important things of your business is being able to create that culture, create that team. You have to have that if you're going to be successful. The, the more turnover you have, the harder it's going to be. And we know that in our industry. We can have somebody servicing a pool. And if we flip through four different pool guys, customers are just not going to be happy because they like that consistency. And so you're going to have to put some things in place to make sure that you reduce that turnover. And some of that is going to have to be with one of the things is the training, the education. If you can get them to go to some of these events, whether they're shows or any of that, it's motivational because they could see the bigger picture. It's going to allow them to stay in the industry and stay working for you and you'd be able to reduce that. The other area that you should focus on, and and this kind of goes almost as a sub, Zach, of revenue growth, right? And that's market expansion. And every business at some point goes, hey, we want to create more revenue. We want to make more money. How are we going to do that? Well, there's only so much more that you could charge for the job that you do. Eventually, if you want to keep growing the company, you have to look at that market expansion. And it could be a couple of different things. It could be that, Zach, you do seven square mile radius. Maybe that goes to 11. Or maybe 
you know that you want to create a satellite office or you want to have a pool boys in a different location that now is going to be able to cover an even bigger area, you're going to have to put goals around that. And so if your strategy is, I'm going to add a completely separate office for the pool boys, I'm going to use you as an example. There's a lot of goals that you're going to have need to put in place, Zach, and maybe you could talk a little bit about this in order to be able to do that. There's a lot of goals that have to go into that market expansion. Yeah. And this is something that we're currently doing right now. And I know I've been calling you and going on my rants and stuff about all this, but this has been something that about three years ago, we actually made it a goal that around three years, we were going to start expanding into this neighboring market. And so the last three years, the goals, the strategy, and the focus was on really saturating the market that we currently service. And I think we've done a really good job of that. And there's a lot of things that we're looking at, like at our price point, what is the percentage of the market that it will be available to us? Because not everyone's going to want to pay our price. Not everyone's going to be looking for our service. Not everyone's going to care that we have uniforms and trucks and a physical location. And so there is a certain percentage of the market that's going to be attracted to what we have to offer. And at what point will we start saturating that to where it really starts to slow down, right? Where We've captured a lot of it, and now it's just going to be what we capture here and there if someone, say, sells their house and someone else moves in and they're looking for what we have to offer. And so here we are three years later. We actually just started marketing to this next market, and we're talking about at what point do we look at opening the satellite location and at what radius is that going to be from our current radius? And we've got these targets. We've got these goals. And what it does is it helps us put the plan in place. Like these are the things that we need in place. These are the people that we need in place. These are the characteristics, the qualities, the tasks, the responsibilities, the equipment. And that's where you really start to map that out. And it's not to say that it's not a fluid situation. As you start to go through the the process, you're going to find that maybe we were shooting for this and that's not going to make sense. And so we need to change that. But you change it to another goal that you have as a target, and then you start working towards that. Yep. This is a big area that I think we don't always focus on, right? We always just want to take more accounts and take more accounts and take more accounts to grow. But I think with this market expansion, it's important for you to set some goals and some rules in order for you to scale, like what we talk about is, is scale in a safe manner where you're not just bringing the chaos into the business and now you have a chaos at 300 pools versus chaos at 200 because it just multiplies even bigger into what comes next of your business. Yeah, and the next thing that we have on here is budget planning. And this is something that I personally have to improve on and it's super important and it ties directly into everything that we're talking about because you got to know your numbers and you got to have a budget that you're allocating to be able to achieve these different goals. And Really what it's supposed to do is act as guardrails to our spending. And then once we start to establish those guardrails, you can start doing that by looking at your past expenditures, what you've been spending on marketing, and is it effective? And okay, here's our marketing budget. And then you can take that look. And we talked about looking at costs and expenses on the last episode. And you can start to go through as you're building that budget, see what's truly necessary and important to the success of the company. So I think that 
having a budget, it's super important. It helps you do things like establish a forecast. What are your future costs going to look like? What does the budget need to be when we're at this point? What do we need to be spending in uniforms when we have 15 people versus 10 people? What do we need to be spending in marketing when we're opening up to this next market and doing that market expansion? So I think once you have an understanding of those things, you can start to look at what resources and what costs are going to go into into making that happen and what you're going to have to allocate to each area of the business. But that also allows you to do is it really allows you to keep controls of your expenses. So it does two things. You can forecast, you can have, again, we talk about strategy. We talk about having a plan. You put a budget together and your budget is going to include your income and it's going to include your expenses. And that's like what you were saying, the guardrails to where you want to be, right? So you just don't throw numbers willy-nilly. You look at trends, you forecast kind of some of the trends that you're seeing, and you build that budget. What that allows you to do is it allows you to operate your business in a way that by the time that you make it to December, you're going to be able to know or have a good idea of financially where you should be. But as you start to grow and as the machine starts to get bigger and bigger, if you don't have these budget things in place, it becomes very easy for certain things to get out of control. And then by the time that you look at December, certain things got out of control, certain expenditures got out of control. And then what happens is you can say, hey, by the end of the day, my business is going to make a hundred thousand, half million dollars, whatever it is, twenty thousand dollars, whatever it is but I let my expenses go way haywire. And now instead of making money, I lost money this year because I didn't follow that roadmap. And that's what your budget is. Your budget is really that roadmap to the end of the year. And there's things that you have to question. Zach, I know that we talked about it and you gave an example is halfway through the year, you might just be like, hey, I feel like buying new furniture for two offices, right? Did you make more money during the summer times to be able to have that fit into your plan. And at the end of the day, you make whatever decisions you want. If you're all of a sudden going to spend $50,000 in furniture and you're on track to only make $40,000, you're going to be negative, right? $10,000. So it's really important to have these budgets in place to help guide you and keep you within those guardrails of your business. And again, I'm going to go back to the same thing. As your company gets bigger and bigger, you really need to have those because you have so many moving parts. That's going to be the one true picture of where you're at. And not only that, when it comes down to budget, to take it a little bit further, your budget should be your, how do I put it? It should be the first thing you look at before you spend any money in your company. Okay, I need to go and things happen, right? We need to get new equipment comes out or something cool comes out or you need to get a new truck. That helps determine when you already have a budget set up for your company and you need to go get a new truck. If it doesn't fall within your budget, then you should not be purchasing that truck or that expensive of a truck. You should be looking for something else and you should be abiding by whatever guidelines you set place so that you can maintain profitability or hit whatever goals that you have set for your company. And then also to take it another step further, your budget truly dictates what you charge for service. Sometimes you have to increase your budgets in certain areas because it makes sense. That money has to come from somewhere. And just the plumbers that went out to service Zach. Zach's water heater, <laughs> you know, he obviously had a pretty high budget or he needed something. It's the end of the and year. He said, hey, look, in order for me to hit our numbers, when we do our service calls, we need X amount. And this is what the dollar amount needs to be. When we're lighting a pilot on a water heater, we need to charge $388 plus 
$89 for a service charge. Obviously, he figured it out and that's what he needs to do. So as a business owner, it is vital that you understand this information so that you're prepared or you're armed with the knowledge so that you can make these decisions because it's life-changing. It really is. I, I would say one of the biggest downfalls for especially one polars that are out in our industry or just getting into the pool business is we tend to get, and Zach, you've said this word before, cash flow drunk, where you see all this money come in and you have all this money in your bank account, whatever it may be, if it's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100,000 bucks sitting in your business account, whatever for that month, I promise you that's not all your money, right? And that money needs to go somewhere. There's a good portion of it. And if you haven't budgeted for it, then you sometimes get, oh shit, man, I got a hundred K in the bank. Yeah, I can go buy this. Why not? Let me go buy this Rolex or let me go buy another truck or let me go buy this or let's go gambling or let's go on vacation because you have this money temporarily sitting in your bank account, but you have obligations that you need to uphold and you need to pay. And then all of a sudden you get all these bills that are coming through and you're like, holy crap, I'm like down to nothing. So by having a budget in mind and then acting on it, then you set yourself up in a position to where you can actually control your finances to a point where you know exactly where you stand, what you have and what you can spend and what you can't spend. And then you can make some informed decisions, which are going to be healthy for your company instead of devastating. Yeah, I think it's really important. And I talk about it all the time, knowing your numbers. But John, you just gave a great example. You have $100,000 in your bank account. And let's say that after you pay your wages and you pay everybody and all that kind of stuff, if your business is only making a 10% profit out of that $100,000, really only $10,000 is yours, right? So you look at your bank account, like you're saying, your cash flow drunk, $100,000, you're like, woohoo! But in reality, that number should actually only be 10,000. And you might be in a situation where you need to go buy a truck, right? And you're like, I'll go spend $45,000 on this truck. Guess what? Now you're in the negative because out of all that money, only 10% was 10,000, 15% is 15,000, right? 20% is 20,000. So you really only 20,000, but you bought a truck for 40, $45,000. So it's really important to know your numbers, know what your business profit is. And my favorite thing is we talk about it all the time that the says the cents for every dollar. So for every dollar that comes in, how many cents do you get to keep? And that's really going to tell you if you build a hundred thousand dollars and for every dollar, how many cents you get to keep, you'll know right off the bat what you have to be able to spend. This is some of the things that I've heard stories like where builders or inexperienced builders or people that don't manage their money very well. This is the problem that they get into. They get cash flow junk and they rob Peter to pay Paul and they depend on the next project to fund the current project that they're working on and then so on and so on. And it becomes like a vicious cycle and it gets to the point where they run out of money because they made stupid mistakes and they didn't budget correctly or they overpromised, underdelivered, however it may be. And then now all of a sudden, or they spent money when they shouldn't have spent money and then now they're stuck. And I've heard plenty of horror stories over the years where that was the case exactly. And it all comes down to budgeting what you're doing. And if you don't have a budget, you are literally flying blind. And I promise you, you are losing money in some respect, or you're wasting money somewhere. And you can be a much more fine-tuned business or much more profitable if you set a budget and you stuck to it, right? I agree. Gentlemen, let's take our final words from our sponsors when we come back. Want to get your final thoughts? We'll be right back. 
The HyperPole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray, all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Natural Chemistry, a leader in specialty water care solutions for over 30 years, is proud to provide products that make pool service easier than ever before. Its unique enzyme formulations in Pro Series Pro Blend improve efficiency of your pool program while reducing frequency of filter cleaning and scum lines. Natural Chemistry is also well known for its wide variety of phosphate removal solutions that include a non-clouding formula in phosphory and extremely high range removal with Pro Series Foss Remove or Foss Free Max. Save time, save money, save work with Pro Series products. Stop sacrificing durability or efficiency with the help of Raypack's new Avia HD models that utilize NITEC, their exclusive industry-first technology. NITEC Heat Exchanger Technology is Raypack's latest solution to superior strength and maximum efficiency when it comes to residential pool heating. With 900% more nickel compared to Cooper Nickel in critical surfaces, NITEC creates an ideal surface to protect against scale formation and erosion without compromising on Avia's 84% thermal efficiency. Learn more at raypack.com slash nitech. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation Live podcast. 
We are a couple days away from Christmas. Everybody seems to be ready, which is a good thing. So we want to wish everybody a, a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody out there. We appreciate you guys listening. Adam is out here saying, John, Rain moved to Vegas. Looking forward to the week off. So big shout out to Adam out there. And our boy Todd's pool service is going great topic today, boys. So good stuff. So big shout out to both of you out there. Maria jumped on. Shout out to you as well. Hope you guys are all getting ready to take the week of Christmas off and spend some time with loved ones, kind of decompress, right? Get all that business out of the head for the week so that the following week we can get geared up and wrapped up. Because then after that, guys, New Year's. New Year's is, is literally right around the corner. And it's so crazy how it just comes so quick. And then you hit January, you pull your head up, it's February, and then March, we back in our crazy season. Anyways, Mr. Zach, they're asking over here, how is the faucet, Zach? It's fixed. It's fixed. I'll just say that. How much did it cost? What was the service call on that one? That one I handle. I mean, if you put a value to my time, then it was very extensive. I was going to say that probably cost him about money-wise, probably close to $4,000. But from his life, it costs him about seven days of his life that he's not going to be able to recoup. He'll, he'll die seven days sooner than Yeah, him. that Delta <laughs> valve right there really beat you up, man. Oh, and Edgar's feeding me all this. It's you know, And then you know, I start sending pictures. He's that doesn't look right. I don't know. Yeah, but let's be honest. Like the picture that you showed, you open that up, you see the nut right there. Come on, two plus two is four. And then you put it in and it's leaking and there's only one more O-ring left. So, John. You couldn't see that O-ring. That was the last ditch effort. John, come on. Thing. Like you change one O-ring and it's still leaking and there's another one. What do you do? No. Do you no, call no, the plumber no. and place it? There's like a seated thing in there and then you can't see it. I was going blind and I found it. My point is that you figured it out, right? Like you saw that there was the other one there and there was that second O-ring and you're like, I got to replace it. Went back, replace it. And then boom, drop the mic and fix it. But here's the beauty of it. Look at how easy it's going to be next time it happens. Yeah, I know. Because here's the problem. It will happen again. But now I'm going to have to replace the shutoff on the main since I turned it off 400 times in two days. So it's probably worn out. But it's done. It <laughs> it's, is done. It's done. Yeah. So he's saying minimum, he's $100 an hour. So let's figure out. It took you 48 hours. So <laughs> And then Leslie made it a point to talk to all the kids and tell them to clap every time I entered a room. So all day when I would enter the room, everyone would stop what they're doing and clap for me. If I knew what button on here had my clap, I'd press the clap button on here for you. <laughs> that is freaking awesome. So anyway, so Zach, let me get some final thoughts here. I think this is good stuff and we've done it again. I think we'll probably be at like part seven when we finish this list. It's John's fault because of the leak. February. But yeah, I think I text you guys and you didn't respond, but it's okay. I know you're busy, but it's been a wild year. And I was sitting there the other day and I was just like taking a minute to just reflect on everything. And just not only with the pool boys, but with the family, with the friends, with pool nation, just everything. It's been, and I think that's the typical, like you get to the end of every year and reflect on it. It's amazing how fast the year actually is and how much actually goes on in such a short period of time. And it blows my mind. And here we are. It's about to be 2024. I know this is going to probably irk you guys and get you my guys mad, but I'm looking forward to 2024. 
I know you are. Oh, it's going to be quite the ride. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. If we thought 2023 went by fast, 2024 is just going to fly because we are, we got a lot of stuff cooking. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to it. So John, final thoughts? First, my apologies to everybody. Sorry for the in and out today. Had some stuff we had to take care of, but I was glad that I... It was actually entertainment. We actually enjoyed it. Good. Yeah, good. we actually enjoyed it. I'm glad. And I really did not want to miss this podcast because this is the type of stuff that I like to talk about. And I think it's very important that we discuss it because this is the difference between good and great or succeeding and failing. But I just want to say, I'm sorry for going. It was quite the show this morning, but we didn't get quite get through as many questions or as many topics as we wanted to. But what's new? Uh, looking forward to the next podcast so we can go more in depth on the other topics as far as like setting goals and getting our business right. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it may be that you guys are celebrating. And I hope that you're doing it with your families and you guys are having an amazing time and taking some time off. Unfortunately for me, I'm not practicing what I, because of the rains and stuff, my Christmas vacation is probably screwed. But again, it's by choice I'm doing it just simply because I just can't sit here and and know that I got a pile of crap that's going to be waiting for me when I get back. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll do a little update, but I'm sure I'm going to be working next week. But I wish everybody the best and hope you guys have a wonderful holiday week and an amazing new year. Absolutely. So everybody out there, thank you so much for joining us from my side as well. I want to say thank you to to everybody for an amazing year. All of our followers, all the people that have supported us through this entire year. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We're very thankful. Take some time off, spend it with the family, which is very important. And we'll catch you guys next Friday, right? We'll do our podcast, the end of the year podcast next week. We got to figure out what that's going to be. It'll be right before New Year's. I thought we we're taking the next week off. Now we're doing a podcast. We always do a podcast, right? We're not doing Instagram Live, right? I think we should probably do two podcasts because we're going to be bored. Everybody that's listening, do not listen to us right now. This is what not to do. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, tomorrow's Leanne's birthday, my wife's birthday tomorrow. So I'm going to spend some time with her and looking forward to that. And then you got. Christmas Eve, then you got Christmas. So two podcasts, John? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, I'm, serious, I'm down, dude. I'm, one of them, I'm, I'm literally going to be like, it's going to drive me crazy. Look, Sunday's going to be great. Monday's going to be amazing. Tuesday's going to be crazy fun watching the kids play with all their toys and all that good stuff, right? The joy of it. Wednesday, I'm going to be like, what do we do? You start to feel guilty. At least I do. I feel like, oh my God, I'm like, Times I need to be doing something and you get that feeling. I don't know. I get that like butterfly kind of feeling in my stomach thinking that I'm like doing something wrong, which is weird as a grown man in control of my environment. But I feel like I'm doing something wrong when I'm not being productive and I'm going to have to figure something out, but we'll see. He'll be calling. Do we need to do any content? Do we need yeah, to do anything? I'm flying out. I'm flying out. I had to go book the studio. I'm coming out. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, everybody have a great one. We will catch you guys next Friday on the podcast. Is John saying that we're doing two podcasts? Enjoy your time off. Have a great one, guys. Bye-bye, guys. Take care. See ya. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com.